Baseball. You are tuned into episode 110. Today, we're going to cover week three, our winners and losers from uh, NFL action that we had this past week. And then we're going to dive into some key games that you should keep an eye on as we move into week four of NFL action. My name is Cyrus. And today, as per usual, I have my co-host with me, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How are you both doing on this wonderful afternoon? Doing great. Couldn't be better. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure after uh, what we uh, witnessed uh, in that uh, Packers versus Niners game. You guys went to that, right? Indeed. We did. Nice. We'll, we'll, we'll be discussing that a little bit later uh, as we get into the games and winners and losers. Um, but you know what? It was a fun game. So I, I wasn't too disappointed. And to be fair, that's Casey this. Like 30 seconds after they scored the Niners at the very end, I was like, oh, there's too much time left. And everybody around me is like, no, no, no. They have no timeouts. So I'm like, no. I've seen this story way too many times, and I was right. We, yep. we were both at the end. I was like, when the Niners got the ball back, I was like, they're going to score a touchdown. Yeah. I just know it. Yeah. And then once they, they did, Durgan was like, you left too, minutes, too much time. Aaron Rodgers is going to go score. So we were, we were both pessimistic both and right. correct <laughs> yes. about our teams. Unfor- Unfortunately, I was right, though. Yeah, when uh, when Juszczyk, if he just that first down was like a yard away from the end zone. If he just got that yep. first down, that's the game. Um, but I guess I mean, you got to take the touchdown when it's right in front yeah, of you, right? Exactly. You can't just pass that up. So it's uh, not a guarantee you'll be back in there. So anyways, True. we'll talk about that a little bit more here. Uh, before we go into that fun discussion, um, I'd love, well, I'd love to hear what you guys, your experience at the game in more detail. But before all that, let's talk about our winners and losers for the week, for week three, um, and some uh, some key moments that we thought were exciting. So we'll start with you, Durgan. Let's talk about your winner. First of all, credit to me. I allowed Casey to pick his winner. Who you know, I'll guess <laughs> what it is probably, but I, I waited. I said, all right, Casey's going to have this one because they were obvious winner this weekend. But I picked the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, finally beating the Chiefs on the road, and Justin Herbert outplayed Mahomes. And Mahomes talking a little smack this offseason, saying that, you know, he's not going to be worried about Herbert and the Chargers until they prove it. Well, they proved it. Mm-hmm. And they are 2-1. and one. Could easily be three and zero. Kind of, well, they didn't play great against the Cowboys, but that's kind of fluky loss, and bad calls, and you know, field goal at the end. So they, they played that game tough, and the Cowboys actually looked to be a pretty good team. Um, so they're they're good. They're really good, not only on offense but on defense. Uh, Derwin James is playing well. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. has a few interceptions. Mike Williams, the receiver, is the leading receiver on that team. So he's providing to be a strong number two next to Keenan Allen. Uh, they do have a, a tough stretch of games coming up, and we'll talk about the one this week a little bit later on. But um, after this win, I'm confident in my preseason prediction that they'll make the playoffs. And, you know, they're a dangerous team. As Herbert can keep improving like this, he's going to be an MVP candidate, and I love that. So um, good for the Chargers. They finally seem to be figuring out how to win games instead of how to lose games, which is uh, their problem for the last, you know, hundred 40 years they've been around so chargers my winner of the week yeah i think a, a microcosm of the change for the chargers is last year when it was fourth and one and in the opponent's territory anthony lynn would punt and mm-hmm. this year when it's fourth and nine in the opponent's territory brandon staley is going for it and uh i love that kind of attitude especially when you have a, a young gunslinger and you have a defense that's playing well it gives you a little bit more confidence to to take those risks and you don't beat the Chiefs without taking those risks. And uh, 
On the flip side of that, the Chiefs are turning the ball over, man. Patrick Mahomes threw a couple stupid interceptions, uh, threw one the previous week as well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is putting the ball on the ground, uh, just not winning football for for the Chiefs. And if that trend continues, uh, they they might want to you know hit the panic button a little bit almost because they're one and two in both the Broncos and the Raiders, whether you consider those guys real threats or not. But they're three and zero and. The Chargers now have at least a split with them, and they're two and one. So uh, they could quickly find themselves struggling to even win the division uh, if they drop a couple more games. Luckily, um, they play the Philadelphia Eagles this week, and, hey, and that may okay. be a little bit of a uh, relax get right game there. But um, you know, a little bit of a, a concern if if you can't get the run game going and Patrick Mahomes is throwing interceptions. Uh, you know, the defense is not good enough to win you games on their own. Yeah, I don't think it's time to press the panic button per se um, in uh, Kansas City, but I really love what the Chargers are doing. It's really good to see Herbert kind of uh, have that have a, have a great game against a really good team. I think it was important to kind of have his you know coming out party, let people know it wasn't a fluke last season. Like this is what he's capable of and can do moving forward. Because his first two games, you know, they, they were good, but it wasn't anything spectacular. I think he had a pair of touchdowns uh, total between the two games and a few turnovers. So come out throw you know almost 300 yards four touchdowns and zero interceptions against what many people consider to be the favorite in the afc is like good stuff good stuff herbert i I like where this team's headed staley's doing a good job it was a fun game to watch as well so for sure a winner casey let's go to you i have a feeling who i know (laughs) i have a feeling who this is going to be but let's talk a little bit about it i'm excited to hear your thoughts on it uh, having been on the sidelines for it yeah, it's it's got to be the Packers for me, man. Finally beat the the 49ers in, in their own stadium uh after some some very tough losses where you probably could have turned the game off at at halftime and and not lost any part of the game and, you know, you wouldn't have missed anything. Uh, you know, they they finally did it. So I think that's a little bit of a monkey off their back just to prove that they can uh at least compete. Like even if they had lost at the end, I I feel like I still almost would have picked the Packers just because you know, the, the games have not been competitive when the 49ers have been fully healthy. Uh, but I thought... Well, well, go, well proceed, proceed. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> proceed. Uh, I thought Matt LaFleur had a good game plan, used a lot of empty, attacked the, the man coverage of the, the 49ers on defense when they, when they went to that kind of stuff, took some deep shots. Uh, a lot of quick passing game, not that sort of typical McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur-style offense where they're doing boot action and running the ball a ton. Uh, but they mitigated Nick Bosa pretty well and, and got the ball out quickly, which uh, diminished that pass rush. And Kenny Clark played out of his mind, uh, got 11 pressures on Jimmy Garoppolo in, in the game from the, the Packers defense, forced two turnovers. And, uh, you know, the only big takeaway I have of, of concern for the Packers is that the offense is basically Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And uh, that can be a little bit of concern if one of those guys has, has an off day. Um, hopefully when the, the offensive line gets a little bit more healthy, they can sustain the run some more. But uh, overall, I think it was a big win for them just mentally, uh, knowing that they have some 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 juice and the ability to beat a, a top-tier team. I agree with 98% of what you said. You said that the Niners <laughs> were healthy. The Niners ain't healthy. They had Dante Johnson oh, covered Dante Adams. Comparatively to the last couple, or well, really last year. You were healthy enough that you could not... I don't think well, you use that as an excuse for why you lost. We had our like fourth string offensive tackle. Yes, your yeah, corner. You had like your sixth corner, but otherwise corner, you, were re- you were pretty healthy. One running back, backup tight end or backup linebacker. But I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not 
injuries brought the reason why the Niners lost. That that we can uh, all agree with. Um, Niners or the Packers had a great strategy. Every time they went empty, we were talking. They were like, "Oh, they're going to go deep." And every time they went empty, they took a deep shot, and either they caught it or they drew pass interference. So it was a great strategy in that end. Uh, but the Packers won via their quote unquote weak point: defensive line, offensive line. Offensive line did well. Um, they did a good job, like you said, getting the ball out quickly. I mean, Nick Bosa, that first drive was wreaking a, a bunch of havoc. And yeah, then they kind of changed it. They chipped him like, like every single play, which is the way you have to treat him. And three step, four steps drops, get it out. Very smart. And defensive line, like you said, Kenny Clark played very well. The Niners offensive line can't block jack shit right now, uh, especially when it comes to running the ball. Everyone wants to blame Trey Sermon for having a bad game. The, the Packers were just all over them. You know, they're getting in the backfield with ease. Uh, second half, they got a little bit better. I think those guys got pretty tired. But the Packers, they, they came through when it mattered. I thought they were going to choke the game uh, for a while at the end. And then Jimmy G had the fumble. Then uh, that, you know, touchdown obviously helped. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when he is focused and he wants to play, he is still Aaron Rodgers of old. And he kind of silenced any critics or any doubters that he had uh, on that last drive. Uh, that one throw or the first completion they had in the last drive to Adams over the middle where he threw that dime over Fender Warner that was an all-time throw I mean the Niners didn't do a great job of covering it but he still had to throw that over a six foot two all-pro linebacker to Adams uh with you know in crunch time so props to the Packers uh they deserve this one especially the way they started and um I mean the AFC North I've said this before Ain't great, so I think the Packers will dominate that division and look like to be back in the playoff hunt, uh, or not the playoff hunt, but the Super Bowl hunt uh, and getting the top seed. So a uh, huge win for them. Yeah, I mean, you guys covered it pretty thoroughly. I don't have a ton to add here, um, but I will say it just amazes me every time I look at the box score and the like the stat lines. And Devontae Adams has like more receptions than every other receiver's combined. targets combined. Yeah. Not even like receptions, just targets. And well, the fact that it works the fact that he like every single week, it works. So yeah. it kind of it's kind of mind blowing. Um, we were convinced he was dead too after that big hit. Oh, like, he we got were like holy shit! The like fuck, dude. Okay, that was that was helmet to helmet. First of all, oh absolutely. But I loved it. Definitely it helmet to football, helmet. But it was definitely a penalty. Yeah. But um, I, I'm like 99 percent sure he was concussed, even though he went back out there. Oh. Like, there's no <laughs> way he wasn't. N- yeah. There's, there's no way. Like when he came back on, we we're just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. Like, how would he go from like, oh my gosh, like, we need to get like a ambulance out here to, oh, third down catch. Like, what? No. How's that possible? Not fair. <laughs> just expert negligence, I guess. I don't know. But anyways, I think this was a very big, sort of moral victory in addition to an actual victory for the Packers. I think at this point in the season. Being one and two versus being two and one is just feels like a big difference uh, for this team going forward, especially how they played week one. So I think this was a huge win, both just because you beat the Niners, who have been a thorn in, in the Packers' side for a while now, and then also just the context of uh, having a winning record going into next week in another pretty winnable game against the Steelers. So, uh, yeah, I think this creates some much needed momentum for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. My winner for the week is another team that played pretty well, especially at the quarterback position. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think I picked them 
I think I already picked them previously, but they're just like, I'm higher than most, but I think they're like unstoppable at this point. I'm struggling to see a hole in this team other than maybe at running back, but Sony Michelle was solid. So I think the Rams are looking like a juggernaut and Stafford looked really good. 400 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. And it's early, but I was reading an article about like what he's on pace for. And just to put it in context for how he's playing, he's on pace for 5,024 yards. That'll be the highest since 2011, second highest of his career. He's hit 5K one other time. Um, 48 touchdowns, that'll be a career high. Five interceptions, that would be a career low. 78% completion rate, that'd be a career high. 10.12 yards per attempt, career high. 130 passer rating, career high. So he's just playing out of his mind. And I think it speaks to what we all kind of assumed and and spoke to when we talked about this trade and him coming to the Rams was that people haven't really seen what Stafford is capable of on a team that is high functioning and good overall. So excited to see where this Rams team can go. Honestly, I think they're the best team in the NFC West and they're in the conversation for best team in the NFL at this point. So uh, I'm going to go with the Rams and Stafford. Also, it was kind of funny. Tom Brady was the Bucks leading rusher in that game shows how really how they struggled really to get things going. Um, But that's my winner for the week. The Rams Matthew Stafford alongside Justin Tucker as well. Got to give him a shout out as a winner. Um, not an official winner. I'm going with the Rams Stafford, but Justin Tucker set a new record, 66 yard field goal. So shout out to you, Justin. But yeah, we, there we, we talked. We talked about this last week with the Rams. Um, this is a game that they were like not destined to win, but it made a lot of sense. Where it's their first real huge game against an elite opponent at home with fans. Because um, Rams actually have fans, unlike the Chargers. So it, it was a very pro-Rams crowd. Uh, and the Bucks are traveling across the country. You know, have some you know guys who are banged up a little bit. So And the, the Rams make them think about it. They put a hurting on them. I mean, it was close, but it wasn't that close. And right now, they are the best team in the NFL. Of course, they play um, some NFC West opponents coming up these next few weeks. And those games are a little bit different than uh, out of divisional games, so it'll be more physical and be a better test for them. But I absolutely agree with your point so far. Uh, Super Bowl favorites still early, of course. Uh, Stafford looks like an MVP candidate at this point. Of course, that's what happens when you have some actual players around you in a system that works. So I'm not overly shocked with his success. But if he keeps this up, um, yeah, he's going to put the best season of his career, I think. Yeah, the the Rams are playing well, and and plug for the the breakdown this week. I, I looked at what Sean McVay did. He, he kind of totally revamped his his system, not this year, but for this game specifically to combat that Tampa Bay front because they can get after the passer and, and they're pretty aggressive. So he did a little bit of a, a similar game plan as Lafleur is the 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 drop back passing and and uh, getting the ball out quickly and taking some shots and and sort of abandon that staple of you know under center outside zone boot action off of it and uh, went to a lot more screen game and, and RPO based offense just to slow slow guys down and, and prevent those guys from from just purely rushing the passer and disrupting stuff in the middle because running against the Bucks is is a tough ask and uh, did a great job of that so um excited for the rams until we play them and uh they're, they're looking <laughs> good and uh you know if they they figure out the running back position there and, and get a little bit more healthy they're they're going to be tough to stop yeah for sure and shout out to sean jackson as well uh having a, a little resurgence in that game 120 yards looking like the old deshaun jackson um but 
let's transition. Let's go from winners to losers here and discuss who we thought kind of underperformed or didn't play well this past week. Durgan, we'll start with you. What is your loser yep. of the week? Uh, that got to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, bad home loss to the Bengals. And all of a sudden, they looked like the worst team in the NFC North, and that hasn't happened in a very, very long time. Big Ben's moving like an offensive lineman and actually throwing like an offensive lineman too. Uh, he has nothing on the ball. This kind of like what we saw with Eli Manning at the end of his career with Drew Brees. At least Drew Brees had some, I think, better talent around him, better scheme, better coaching. Uh, Najee Harris is breaking tackles. He's throwing guys off him, but he's getting three or four yards because the offensive line is not getting any push. Also, they're putting, you know, five, six guys on the line and forcing them to throw the ball because they know that they're not going to go th- throw the ball deep. Everything's going to be a slant or a screen. And their next four games are the Packers, Broncos, Seahawks, and Browns. That looks like a one and three stretch to me, which means they'll be two and five as we approach the midseason. And that's not good enough. Uh, you don't need to hit the rebuild button because they do have talent on defense with TJ Watt when he comes back and Minka. And I think their wide receiver group is still very good and Najee is good, but you have to find something on offense, um, a spark. And it's not going to be Dwayne Haskins because he's not going to be much better than Big Ben. But for their future, um, they need to look into finding a new quarterback. Uh, I think one that is mobile, one that can move around, will help this offensive line out because that's not going to be fixed overnight with their cap situation. They're not going to be able to sign anybody. Uh, but this year um, looks to be a lost year in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Najee Harris had 19 targets from the running back position, which is kind of absurd. Passing uh, targets? Like passing targets? Passing, passing targets. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, caught 14 of them for 102 yards, but uh, you know that that's not a recipe for success necessarily. Dumping the ball off to to a great running back, but um, you know you want to push the ball downfield a little bit. And uh, it's curious to me because Matt Canada and when in his previous stints in, in college used a ton of shifts, a ton of motion, and that's just not there for for the Steelers. And I don't know if that's whether Big Ben just isn't comfortable with it and doesn't like it. And, you know, Matt Canna is just like, all right, dude, you're you're big and you're scary and maybe you'll corner <laughs> me in a in a bathroom and I'll do what you say. Oh, but uh, good joke. That was a good joke. I like, I like that. Um you know, I would like to see a little bit more of that because clearly they need help springing guys open and creating yard after catch opportunities because Big Ben is struggling. So uh I would like to see that pop up a little bit more. And, and it seems like the quarterback position is really the one that that's kind of holding them back along with that offensive line. Um, so uh, Steelers might be in a little bit of trouble, especially with that, that schedule that you, you listed out there that they've got a tough road ahead. Yeah, I think the Steelers are definitely in trouble. And I, I don't remember if it was you guys I texted or somebody else I was talking to, but I don't understand how they've gone this long with, without really trying to at least answer the, what do we do after big Ben question? Like, I feel like, no, nobody thought Mason Rudolph was the answer, but then since then you've never you've never even attempted, right? So I, I don't know. Like it, it just seems odd, and I think the time for for the the Steelers to move on for Big Ben is approaching faster than they realize that it is, and uh, they don't have any anything any solution, any answer, anyone waiting in the wings really. So they'll have a big question to ask here sooner rather than later. I did see a hilarious clip. I don't know if I sent it to you guys uh, or if I just saw it on Twitter, but if I didn't, I'll send it to you. It's Big Ben rolling out of the pocket, trying to throw on the run and literally tripping over his own feet and falling face first. It was the best thing I saw all week. And uh, if you haven't seen it, find it. It was amazing. So anyways, 
Let's go on to your loser, Casey. <laughs> uh, well, my loser will make you happy because it's Carson Wentz and the Colts. Uh, and Wentz is really the the same Wentz that he was last year. He's he's injured, he's beat up, and he's trying to play hero ball and take shots downfield. Hmm. Uh, he's just ignoring the underneath stuff, and and I, I know that's a familiar story there. And I get that it's a division game for the for the uh, Colts playing the Titans there, but if he's not a hundred percent or if he's not adding to your team, you got to make sure that dude does not get seventy five percent of your starts. Uh, or snaps uh, on the season because then you're gonna have to pay a first rounder for him if you're the Colts um, so it, it, it almost seems like I know the backup quarterback situation is not good in Indianapolis but if you went lose a couple more uh, you might just want to shelf Wentz so that you don't have to pay out the butt for him for what seems like really a stopgap guy and not a franchise guy at this point uh, weird to me that they ran the ball for five and a half yards per carry and yet only attempted 16 runs on the day so I'm not sure where Reich has lost his his way. Their their motto used to be run the damn ball, and yep. they ain't running the damn ball. And that would help a lot with Wentz and, and all those issues. Make it so that he doesn't feel like he needs to win the game. Uh, don't ask him to drop back 35-plus times and sling things down the field and ignore everything underneath. But uh, they're 0-3 now, and, and things are looking tough uh, as they move forward. I'm not shocked by them starting 0-3. I think that's why I predicted, because they played three Whoa, very whoa, good whoa. teams. No, you don't get to do that. You were <laughs> all did. about the Colts and Wentz. Well, all about them. If you let me finish, we'll, we'll, we'll get the point <laughs> across here. Losing the Seahawks, Rams, and Titans on the road, that, that that's not a bad thing. What is bad, like you were saying, is Carson Wentz not staying healthy. Wasn't healthy in the preseason. That set him back. I mean, they weren't two weeks of practice before he had to play the first game. And since then, he's gotten injured again. And, you know, Props him for playing through it, but it's a common theme, getting injured over and over and over again. I do think they win this week against the Dolphins, uh, but after that, they play the Ravens. So it's not going to get that much easier right now. Uh, it does you know, get better because they do have to play the Titans or the Texans twice and the Jags twice. So there is hope for them. But like you said, they had to run the ball. But the thing is, Quentin Nelson is injured again as well. And if he's out, he is their offensive line, really. So that makes things more difficult for them. Also, their defense is playing okay, but not playing at last year's level. Not playing at last year's level because they're not winning the time of possession because they're not running the ball. So back to what you said, feed Jonathan Taylor, get the ball to Naheem Himes. They're going to trade Marlon Mack, it seems, but that's a good one-two punch right there. Make things easier for once, especially as he's learning the playbook and getting healthy. And they still have a chance, I think, to make a run at the division. I don't know if they will win it at this point. But they still have a chance to put some pressure on the Titans, at least. But they got to figure it out this week. I got four words for you. (laughs) I told you so. Boom. (laughs) Colts are bad. I told you there is a very high chance that they come out and lose the first five games of the season. And I think if Tua didn't get hurt and Brissett wasn't the starter for Miami, I think they still could win. I think Miami could still win. Don't get me wrong. But I think that we wouldn't be questioning that as, as as much as we might be now. So this team is not good. They are they are in the conversation for worst in their division. I think I don't care who else is in it. Oh no! Yes, no. no. Yes, Jaguars Wentz and te- Texans. Yeah, Stop. there's like a tie at the bottom, Stop. and it's a three way race for worst oh, with those three. God. So I'm just saying, Wentz has looked bad. He has looked just as bad as I remember him looking. 
He hasn't done anything to make me feel otherwise. Yes, he's been injured, but when isn't he, when isn't he at this point, right? Okay, so I don't know, man. Nothing on this team inspires me. I mean, what are you, Michael Pittman? Like, what is what am I what am I excited about on the Colts? Maybe the defense, Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor, who's not getting touches. So I don't know. It's just it's a bad time to be a Colts fan. And I think the uh, the Carson Wentz trade is finally crashing down to reality for people who were th- were thinking the name Carson Wentz would match up with that that MVP season. But here's a reality check for you: this is Carson Wentz. So <laughs> enjoy it, enjoy it while while you uh, can, because he won't be playing the entire season. I hope he does, because we get a first round pick if he does. If he plays seventy five percent of the snaps, the Eagles do. But l- listen. The great loser, Casey. Proud of you for picking this one. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. So, welcome. My loser of the week, I'm going to go with Matt Prater for losing. No, I'm just kidding. But he lost his uh, his record to Justin Tucker. But I'm going to go with a different angle here. I'm going to say the loser of the week for me is just rookie quarterback play as a whole. Um, primarily the top four that we've seen play. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. Justin Fields went 6 for 20 and 68 yards, which isn't great in and of itself, but he was also sacked nine times for a loss of 67 yards. So at the end of the day, he gained a net one yard. You can't even say he gained passing yards. He gained a yard. Uh, So that's not very good. Mac Jones threw his first interception of the season and decided, hey, that felt not great. Let me do two more and threw three interceptions on the day. (laughs) So also not great. Trevor Lawrence had four turnovers, two interceptions and two fumbles. Pretty bad. Zach Wilson, two interceptions, and his team got shut out 26-0. These four rookie starters combined for 77 for 140 passing uh, attempts, 717 yards, two touchdowns, seven interceptions, which gives them an average of a 53.2 passer rating and 5.1 yards per attempt, both of which would have been dead last in the NFL last season. So really bad day. Last quarterback to do that in the first few games of the season jamarcus russell so not a name you want to be associated with right but we'll see how they fare going forward um it's obviously early to push the the panic button i think you know durgan you might like to hear this but trey lance probably had the best day out of these guys he's not even on the list because he just played one he had one rushing attempt and one touchdown one touchdown trey lance i think if anything this this makes me feel better about how the niners are handling it just watching these guys struggle so uh but listen i get it you know it was field's first game Mac Jones doesn't have receivers. Trevor Lawrence is 21. Zach Wilson is on the Jets. You can come up with all of the excuses in the world you want. And while it's premature to be worried, I think it's also clear now this QB class may have been a little bit overhyped from the get-go. Just a little bit. So I'm going to say these rookie quarterbacks right now, at least last week, big loser. Yeah, it's not been good for them. Um, but like you said, I mean, three or four, three or four are on very bad teams. Uh, and Mac Wilson is on the Patriots. Hey, okay, okay. I, I got to stop you there. Joe Burrow <laughs> was on a really bad team last and season. Before he got played hurt. Five games. Before he got hurt, he played well. Maybe they weren't winning, but he played well. He's also like 24. I know. So we're was, like four games in right now almost. So uh, three games in. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were spoiled the last few years with rookie quarterbacks coming in and playing well. Up until like, you know. Did Joe two, Burrow three, look better ago? up to this point than Trevor Lawrence has so far? Yes. yes. Joe Burrow's also like three years older 
as a rookie than Trevor I Lawrence. I get it. Excuses. But Trevor Lawrence number was one this picks. And Trevor Lawrence was yeah, the premier prospect. Yeah. yeah, the best QB to ever grace he, this he, earth. He was already in the Hall of Fame before he was drafted. Yeah. He'll come around. Believe me, he'll come around once he gets Urban Meyer out of there. Still but overhyped, <laughs> no matter what you say. There was a reason why, up until recently, where rookie quarterbacks not only didn't play well, they just didn't play. And it's kind of spoiled because the game's changing, kind of adapting more to college-style offenses. So... I'm surprised. I am surprised that Trevor Lawrence is playing this bad, but I'm not shocked that Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are struggling, and Mac Jones you know, had a bad game against Saints defense that's terrible, um, and their offensive scheme is kind of weird anyway. Um, but they'll figure it out, I think. Oh, Zach Wilson might not, but I think the rest of them will figure it out eventually. Um, they're on bad teams. They're all like, on pretty bad teams, so they can't get much help. Um, Trey Lance, I mean. I have my own thoughts about him and Jimmy G in that battle. Um, but like you said, I'm kind of happy he's not playing because he would also um, struggle in some capacity. And you know, NFL is a, I want to be good and be good now after seeing what Justin Herbert did last year and you know what Lamar Jackson did in his time as a rookie and all these guys impressing as rookies. But you got to be patient. Everyone's different. It's going to be a different season this year, obviously. Um of all those, Zach Wilson, I'm most worried about. But I did call him being a bust on the Jets. So we'll see what happens there. There you have it. Uh, my biggest issue with is is Cyrus's boy Matt Nagy and Justin yeah, Fields. Yeah, he, he did. He, 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 did he did screwed that. the pooch on that one. He's doing uh, Yeah, 13 of the 20 dropbacks uh, that Justin Fields had. Uh, they went five-man protection and gave no help on Miles Garrett or any piece of the Browns' defensive line. Um, so didn't roll them out, didn't chip anybody, didn't do anything. They're just like, hey, Justin, figure that shit out. It's your first start, but I don't really care. Go go throw dots and do all that kind of stuff. And he had a couple Almost of nice like, throws. Like, hey, but... You're like a, like a pledge master and like... <laughs> Just goes the pledge and like, all right, this is your hazing. This is what's gonna happen to you. Yeah, yeah and he had to do the dishes afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Matt Nagy was like, hey, you guys want to see why Andy Dalton was a good idea, you know? And then just screwed over Justin Fields. Like, if you got your tinfoil hats on, there's a conspiracy theory for you. He was trying uh, to that justify. Would, that would make his... him look even worse. You're right. I know. Getting <laughs> fired. It's either negligence or just incapable of doing good things anyways <laughs> yes the rookie quarterbacks have sucked and uh there's most of their situations are not great so uh we'll see how things pan out as, as the season goes along yes we will speaking of seeing how things pan out let's go into our games of the week and dive into some key matchups we think you should keep your eyes on for week four so the first one we're going to talk about here is the panthers at the cowboys Durgan, take it away yeah, the Panthers have been the uh, kind of surprise 3-0 team, or one of the surprise 3-0 teams. Um, but it won't be lasting much longer. Cowboys will roll in this game at 31-20. Uh, Cowboys' offense is a wagon right now, uh, as we kind of expected it would be. But their defense is playing great. Trayvon Diggs is a shutdown corner. Michael Parsons might be their best defender as a rookie. And they're getting plenty of uh, pass rush uh, on other teams, which you have guys on all three levels performing for you. Uh, Panthers did pick up C.J. Henderson, which was a great trade for them because they gave up nothing for a top 10 pick a year ago. Uh, but J.C. Horn is out, so that's going to be more for the future than it is for the present. Uh, the, the Cowboys will exploit the depleted secondary. Uh, Darnold is reborn. He is back. I'm so happy he's playing well. 
but without McCaffrey, uh, it might take a little bit to figure out uh, their new identity. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is their now starter, and he was a fourth or fifth round pick, so you can't expect him to go out there and produce like one of the best running backs in the game. Um, so I don't think this game's going to be all that close. I do think it's going to be close, and I would have picked the Panthers if J.C. Horn and Christian McCaffrey were healthy, but alas, they are not. Uh, the Panthers' defense is playing really well. They're, they're giving a lot of pressure looks, uh, bailing out of it, confusing offensive lines, and, and doing a pretty good job. And uh, impressed with uh, the steps that Matt Rule and, and Joe Brady have taken in the last couple of years, but uh, the, the Cowboys are just clicking on offense right now. And uh, that's thanks to the offensive genius of Mike McCarthy, like everyone predicted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Whatever they're doing, it's working. Zeke looks better than he has in the past. I won't say he's back to his, his prime, but uh, he's looking good, and uh, Amari Cooper's looking good, and, and they're doing some, some fun stuff on offense and, and taking some real strides on defense as well with, with Diggs stepping up and, and making some big plays. Uh, has an interception in every single game this year. So mm-hmm. uh, I got the Cowboys in a relatively close one, 27-23 over the Panthers. Listen, as much as I want nothing more than the Panthers to win this and go to 4-0, I just can't pick that. Logically, you know, the, the Cowboys are rolling. And like you guys all said, the defense looks decent and, and a lot better than last year. So that was their one pain point and it seems to be slightly alleviated. Uh, I got to go Cowboys in this one. Unfortunately, 33-20. to Let's go on to the next game here, an NFC West matchup. These are always fun to watch. We got the Seahawks and the 49ers. The Seahawks are going to win this game. 28-24, Russell Wilson might as well be the owner of Levi Stadium, and it's quite embarrassing. Uh, he's 6-3 and three in his career on the road against the Niners, and the real story is, though, he's won six out of his last seven. Uh, the man is our daddy, and I hate to admit it, but it, it, it disgusts me. And especially with the new defense coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, he, nothing he loves more than playing soft coverage. He might have a shirt underneath his jacket saying, I love prevent defense because that's what he's going to do the entire time with this weak secondary the Niners have. Uh, so Wilson will throw for easily over 300 yards. Uh, Seahawks defense sucks, but the Niners can't run the ball. It doesn't matter who the, who's they're playing against. They can't run at all. Uh, with that, they'll be kind of more limited. They'll still put up the points, but it won't be enough. Uh, so I mean, the Seahawks, it didn't matter what happened this week with the Niners. The Seahawks are always going to win in Santa Clara. I'm convinced. I actually like the 49ers in this one, and I, I think they match up relatively well, and, and they're going to be used to the offense that they're playing against in Seattle now with Shane Waldron there, who was with the Rams. Uh, they're running basically the Shanahan-McVay system, and uh, if there's an offense they, they understand and, and they know how to stop, that that should be the one. Uh, you might be missing some corners, and, and that might be why you're, you're playing a lot of soft coverage and, and prevent because you're just scared to death that you're going to get roasted and you may get roasted anyways, but uh, that's sort of, it, it is what it is. But Seattle's looked kind of bad in the second half of their games for a couple weeks now. Uh, against Minnesota, they, they scored zero points. Uh, Kirk Cousins didn't have to attempt a single deep pass all game. Great news for Jimmy G. Uh, and he still threw for over 300 yards. So if you can just dink and dunk to Debo and Kittle and throw for 300 yards and never have to push the ball downfield, uh, sounds like a recipe for success for the 49ers. Uh, and that Seahawks defense is now, like, for the last five or so years, just not good, like below average. Um, so yep. I, 
they haven't really addressed that. They tried to get Jamal Jamal Adams to, to fix it, and he hasn't really done what uh, they expected him to do. Plays plays well, but you know, a safety doesn't impact the game all that much. Um, so even if Wilson has some magic, I, I don't think he can keep this team afloat by himself anymore. So I, I got the 49ers winning 31 to 21. Yeah, it's kind of wild how this team went from Legion of Boom to just Legion of Shit. Like, you know, like it's, that used to be their identity was defense, and now it's just it's just Russell Wilson. That's their identity. So we'll see. I think uh, both of these teams will be super hungry coming off losses here. Obviously, the uh, Niners lost a little closer than the Seahawks lost to the Vikings, but um, two hungry dogs fighting for the same bone. It'll This will be a good matchup. I think the Seahawks need this one. Um, this is kind of a key game for them. Otherwise, they're going to be starting off with a pretty bad record in the best division in football. So barn burner incoming in the NFC West here. I'm excited for this matchup. I think it comes down to Russell Wilson escaping the pocket and the uh, Niners secondary not keeping up with uh, the Seahawks receivers. And that's going to kind of be a key key uh, X factor here for this game. And we'll see the Seahawks get at least a touchdown or two because of that. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks 27 to 24. This will be one of the most exciting games of the week, I think. So definitely keep an eye on that. If you can get it televised or however else you're streaming it uh let's go to the next game we got another nfc west matchup which will also be one of the best games of the week look at this just nfc west all over the place cardinals <laughs> at rams what do we think here give me the upset alert oh boy 5 30 cardinals rams are coming off dude you love the cardinals win. this season. you pick <laughs> them right. a lot i hate them actually but they keep they keep doing well so i can't can't complain well you um, hate the seahawks that. too and you picked them too so i don't know you're just well that's just that, that's that's all facts um so the rams are a better team than the cardinals i'm not saying that the cardinals are you know superior to the rams but is there something about this game i got a feeling the rams are a bottom 10 team so far against the pass granted it's three games but look at those three games they played one good quarterback tom brady and two not so good quarterbacks with <laughs> the Bears when they had Dalton and Carson Wentz. So this is something to exploit there. And Kyle Murray's playing as good as any quarterback in the league right now. Uh, the Rams don't have the athletes at the second level to keep Kyler from scrambling. Of course, they had Aaron Donald, who's going to bring that pressure uh, from the middle, from the outside, wherever he lines up. But I think they'll find a way uh, to you know, kind of work around him. Uh, the Cardinals defense, you know, pressure. Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons is playing very well early this season. Uh, and they had the speed to keep up with Stafford and the uh, Rams offense, uh, which, I mean, I think the Rams are still going to score points. Uh, it's going to be a shootout. But something about the Cardinals in this game, um, it would be very Cardinals-like to start the season out 4-0 and then immediately fall off. Uh, so I see that happening. So why not? Give me give me the upset here. I just don't think the Arizona offense is sustainable. Uh, Murray is making like one yeah. head scratching throw every single game, sort of like Jimmy G does. Uh, it just goes unmentioned because he's playing out of his mind every other snap. Um, so th- those interceptions, those bad throws get sort of hidden. Um, but a lot of it is is based off of Kyler Murray scrambling, getting out of the pocket and making a, a, a fantastic play and throwing a dime to DeAndre Hopkins. And that's just not a sustainable way to move the ball from week to week. You, you might get a couple flashy plays and might get a couple scores, but over the course of time, I think that's going to prove to be a, a tough way to sustain your offense and be able to keep up with a team like the Rams, who has a very clear linear way to move the ball and, and uh, sustain their offense and create opportunities for their guys in space rather than just running around and throwing up a, a, Hale, a Hale Murray, so to speak, <laughs> as he has before. 
Um, I just think LA is too balanced at this point, and they're they're too disciplined to lose at home to Arizona here. So I got the Rams winning thirty four to twenty six. I'm with you, Casey. I got the Rams winning as well, 37-27. They look unstoppable, in my opinion. And I think, just to keep it simple, I think Sean McVay outcoaches Cliff Kingsbury in this one. So I'm going to say Rams take this, and we can move on here to our next matchup. This will be an interesting one with a fun narrative. The Buccaneers at the Patriots. Yeah, the narrative will be fun because ESPN keeps shoving it down our throats every uh, five minutes. Uh, But this game's going to be an absolute blowout. I think Brady's going to be playing pissed off angry not just because they came off a loss but because he's going back to the patriots and he's the guy who plays with the ship on his shoulder and the patriots after watching them last week against the saints they're obviously not a playoff contender mac jones is still a rookie um, and this bucks defense is gonna get pressure on him he's gonna force some throws because he can't move too well uh, and james white is out for the season he's the dump off guy that you check down to he won't be there and I'm sure the Patriots find some guy off the street to come in and play pretty well, but it won't be enough. Uh, 35-14 Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be very close either. I, I have an even bigger blowout with 38-7 to for the Bucs. Uh, the Patriots have like one of the most bland offenses in the NFL at this point. Mac Jones is solid but unspectacular, and Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry had some fucking brutal drops last week. Yep. Uh, I think Johnny Smith had four on the day. Um, so even if the defense comes to play for, for New England, I'm not really sure the offense is going to be able to help them out and sustain any drives or uh, score against that Tampa Bay defense. So I, I don't expect the, the Patriots to have a ton of success. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm expecting the Bucks to, to win big here. Yeah, this is all it is is that narrative. Like this is this shouldn't even be a game of the week. If it wasn't, you know, Brady returning to the Patriots, blah 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 blah, blah, that bullshit. This is like a really stupid matchup. I think this is going to be the most boring game that we're covering here because the Bucks are just going to demolish the Patriots. So um, nothing too crazy to say outside of that. Hopefully Mac Jones doesn't throw three interceptions or the day is going to get out of hand real quick um but i mean new england defense is solid i just don't i don't see it being enough i i think uh the bucks are gonna just destroy the, the pats in this one so uh let's move on to our final matchup for the week we have the raiders at chargers chargers baby all the way 33 28 uh the raiders defense has been playing better on paper but look at who they've played they've played the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who and he's I mean, Lamar Jackson's not a thrower. Big Ben, your favorite topic right now. to talk about. <laughs> hey, Lamar Jackson looks real good as running this year. I mean, give it a few years, he might be um, you know a good running back for a team. So, okay. see what happens there. Um, Chill out. You think it back. <laughs> so, Big Ben, like I said, he can't throw right now, and Troy Brissett's backup. So, of course, their secondary is look better that way. Also, their secondary looks better right now because their defensive line is getting pressure. Solomon Thomas, you know, all of a sudden he wants to play like a number three overall pick. Took him five years to figure it out. Uh, Max Crosby's playing well, of course. Uh, Carl Nassib also playing pretty well. But the Chargers' offensive line has played pretty well this year as well. Uh, so Justin Herbert's going to light him up. And Derek Carr, well, I don't think he's going to have a bad game, but he won't be able to keep up, especially if Josh Jacobs, you know, who knows he's going to play. I mean, actually, Payne and Barber played really well this past week. But I still don't like him uh, overall. Chargers' defense can force turnovers. And Derwin James, I think, is going to go one-on-one against Darren Waller all game. Not saying Darren Waller is not going to go off, but he's not going to get his 
know, like 20 targets like into week one or whatever crazy amount that was. So be a close one, but give me the Chargers to eat it out, even though it's going to be in LA. It's going to be a road game for the Chargers. Yeah, I really wanted to take the the Raiders in this one. I think Derek Carr is, is playing maybe the best football of, of his career at this point. He's on an MVP pace, and he's sort of single-handedly the last couple of weeks at least uh, putting this team on his back uh, with Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller and uh, making some amazing throws, especially in the clutch. He just finds these these opportunities, these moments to, to make amazing throws and, and win games for his team. And if he can sustain that, I'm not sure. The, the Raiders just don't feel quite balanced enough for me on both sides of the ball. Can this defense sustain uh, against a, a really good offense on the Chargers? Uh, and can they run the ball and close out the game if they do get the lead? Uh, so I'm not really sure on both of those things. This is a real litmus test, I think, for the, the Raiders. Uh, I know they just beat the the Ravens a couple weeks ago, and the and the Steelers had a you know some they were they were a little bit beat, beat up, but uh, the Raiders have played some good teams, and uh, if they beat the Chargers now and and keep it close, I think they can uh, firmly ascend to a, a spot as being a, a competitor in the league this this year, uh, and give them an, uh, themselves an opportunity to really challenge for the division. Um, so. Whichever one of these teams wins, they'll have a solid grip on, on this division early on in the season to, to be 4-0 and have tiebreakers. Uh, so uh, high stakes for a game that's this early in the season, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun one to watch. But I got the Chargers winning 23-20. to Thank you for clarifying because you were all about the Raiders, so making sure that you pick the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, there, but, I know. I had uh, to use my brain and not my heart. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I, I mean, this is a tough one because the Raiders have surprised me this season. I mean, they're winning games that I don't expect them to, and they're playing better than I expect them to. If we look at the Raiders' season, too, I mean, if they win this, to me this is like the hump right now if they get over this. Like their next games, if they beat the Chargers, then they play Chicago. Then they play Denver, which is a beatable team. I think uh, Denver's better than people give them credit for, but I think that's a beatable game, a winnable game. They play Philadelphia. Who knows where Philly will be at that point? Like, probably in shambles. They're already <laughs> starting to get injured. Then they have their bye week, and then they come out and they play the Giants. So they have, like, they, they could go, like, 8-0 to start the season. If they, if they beat the Chargers, get that momentum. I mean, that could be, that could be interesting. That being said, I'm really high on the Chargers right now. I like I like Herbert. I like what they're doing there. I I think the party kind of ends temporarily in Las Vegas here, and the three and Raiders get their first loss to the Chargers. I'm going to say the Chargers win 27 to 21 in a relatively close one, but I also would not be shocked to see the Raiders surprise me yet again and uh, continue on this unbeaten streak where John Gruden justifies his absurd salary. So um, we shall see. That is our final game of the week. And we will wrap it up there. Before we head out, let's uh, give the co-hosts here, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan, a chance to plug some content that you should keep an eye out for. Casey, what do you got for the listeners? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but doing a breakdown on on how McVay changed his offense to be able to beat the the Tampa Bay defense. So that'll be out on Thursday or Friday, and you can find that on the the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash weekly spiral, or on the website itself. Awesome. I'll be watching that. And if you see somebody in the comments super hyped about Stafford leading their fantasy team to victories, that will be me. Uh, Darian, what about you, man? What do you got coming up? Uh, this past week, I dropped a buy or sell on some NFL hot starts. Um, and then next week, I'll have a scouting report on Texas A&M defensive tackle DeMarvin Leal. Check that out. 
Uh, so I'm excited for both of those. This has been a weekly spotter production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us for episode 110. Hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we'll catch you next week for episode 111.